0: What the hell is the name of this thing? It's Wayne World. The award-winning Evan Grant.
1: I can't even count anymore on my finger. Kevin Sherry. Good. Kevin Sherry, ground number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ballsy. This is the edition of Ballsy we've all been waiting for. I'm Evan Grant. The reason we have been waiting for this edition is we have successfully axed Kevin Shearington. Well, he's he's on vacation. Let's 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 be clear about that. Oh, you mean he's coming back?
0: He's coming back, but I, th- I think we sh- this is cause for celebration because we have the first voice you actually hear in in our intro is here live in studio.
2: First, I would like to thank Kevin for his contributions to getting this little podcast up and running, but. I believe is his Kevin, you come. correctly
1: noted it's time to move on. David, thank you for joining us. David it's, Moore, the great. That's not his. That was Brad Sham's voice on the intro. The first, yes, and then who? And who's the first one who says talks about Wayne's World? Oh, I thought that was still Brad Sham.
0: No, that's David
2: Moore. Well, Brad would be insulted to think that his voice sounds like mine.
1: Well, David. Anyway, that your voice sounds. Kevin, we're happy thank to you have for all here. you've done. Oh, Kevin's gone. He's out. <laughs> Kevin, why, why would say, you want him back? We should say Kevin is in New York. Uh, he's should not. We? Yeah, he's, I don't think he's going to see Hamilton, but he is in New York. Yeah, uh, no way he's going to get tickets for that. Yeah, he's not getting tickets for that. Uh, I'm not getting tickets for that, and I'll be there in July. So there's no tickets to be had for that. But let's talk about something. There are tickets to be had for Cowboys, Ooh, Cowboys, nice
2: Cowboys. Nice segue.
1: Uh, well, that's I, I am the master of the segue, David. <laughs> what? Uh, let me ask you a question because I've been kind of caught up with the Rangers lately, and they got a whole hell of a lot going on. It's a very busy team. You know, this first place thing is i I've seen some things. Yeah, it's. Uh, are, are you going to take credit for them being in first place? Sure. Why not? Highest paid player being benched. Yes, I, I did Other that too. Yes, um, you did. You, you did the benching. I did. It was not a pretty situation, <laughs> me and Prince having to go back and forth. It was like a this. sumo wrestling uh, event? To what, get is, to that, what is, is that some body shaming? Uh, for you, not him. Okay. David, what the hell is going on with the Cowboys? <laughs> well, it's just OTAs. Yeah, but, but that's but, Be more specific. That's
2: optional. All right. So. What do voluntary mean, as one, <laughs> <laughs> one great player
0: once said. All right. So talk about Talk about the missing middle link. The missing middle linebacker.
2: <laughs> that would be Rolando McLean. Yeah. R- Rolando McLean, the, the coaching staff certainly wants all of their players there, even when it's voluntary. Rolando McLean missed the first week of OTAs, saying he had a personal issue to address back in his home in Alabama. Uh, Not unusual. Players miss from time to time. Things come up. They miss some of the OTAs. Uh, He notified the club. And at that point, Jason Garrett said that he was he's handling some personal business, but we expect him back for the second week of OTAs. The second week of OTAs were last week. Well, McLean was not there. He was still attending to personal business. Doesn't he always
0: have personal business at this time of year? Yes,
2: and and the thing with Rondo McLean is that, and again, you also hear at the end of every season and every off season, he's contemplating retirement. Uh, this is a a player who, when he's on the field in games, can is an impactful player a lot of the times. Uh, he wasn't early last year; he was playing his way back into shape, coming off of a four game suspension, as I'm sure we'll discuss some other. Upcoming four-game suspensions for Cowboys this season. But uh, when he's on the field, an instinctive player, a top-five talent in this league, uh, was taken high in the draft, uh, gives them a physical edge that they need on defense. He brings a lot of the qualities once he's on the field in games that the Cowboys coaching staff wants. He does not bring the temperament and preparation and dedication to practice that the coaching staff wants. So they've made allowances for him, basically, for these last two years because they've needed him. Uh, and they've, in my mind, they've created this relationship with him where uh, he he's going to pop up and go, well, you know, it's a voluntary OTA. This is this really takes precedence for me. I, I need to handle this. And you go from there. It'll, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he's back this week. What I think most Barry, people guess Barry's no.
0: doing this The way, thing. yeah. What are you doing? I want to make sure I get to ask the next question. You, you realize
2: this isn't. Audio medium. No,
0: I know. That's why we're signaling. Kevin and I signal each other all the time. Well, that was a different era. <laughs> Here's my question. You're a teammate. You're out there. You're, volu- you're voluntarily out there even if you don't want to be out there. <laughs> Correct. What are you thinking when you're out there working or if you, and, and your teammate shows no interest in being out there sweating with you?
2: It depends on how that teammate interacts with you when he's back out there uh, if he treats you with respect, if he knows he's, uh, if he knows that, look, you're putting in the time that I'm not, but I'm just not built that way. Um, I, I think, uh, but the basic, the bottom line in all of this is, you have to be talented enough to be able to carve out your own set of rules like this. And where they are defensively, they feel that Rolando McClain is talented enough, but. Uh, you know, I think I think they give him this. That they give him, uh, look, we know you have a, a tenuous grasp on the importance of practice. Um, but, you know, you, when you are here, uh, you study hard, you fit in, you haven't been a problem from that standpoint. Uh, we have to treat everyone a little bit differently. Uh, the Jimmy Johnson on, approach. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, that's the fallacy. Jimmy's like, oh, well, you know, you treat every. Jimmy will be the first to tell you you don't treat everybody right. the same way. Right. And they think they feel this. You know, Rolando McClain is doesn't have your typical football hard-edged mentality. There's a bit of, of of a temperamental artist to him, if you will. There's a bit of um, very Evan Grant like. Yeah, no. For, for lack of a better yeah example, I think that I think that's a very good point,
1: Barry. You're not going to fluster me today because our new. <laughs> Contributor David Moore is here. Uh, but let me ask you this, David, okay? Yes, Evan. I, I realized last year he was playing his way back into shape because of the suspension, but how will missing OTAs impact his preparation for the season? And will he be playing his way back into shape at the start of the season? Will it take him all of camp to kind of get his, his him back into – into playing shape.
2: Well, the problem last year with him was that he was he had the off season knee surgery and he didn't do a lot in training camp. Right. So, um, whether he's doing, my understanding is he's been out there during parts of the uh, off season program. has been lifting. Uh, I think the key with him is he needs to be in training camp and and that's where they will get him into shape. Uh, it, you know, it's a different world. So many of these guys come into camp. You, you need to be in good shape in camp. Otherwise,
1: you're not going to make it through camp. Right. And, and uh, I mean, you're looking at a team that's going to go to camp missing two defensive linemen. If, if you're having, you know, a middle linebacker yeah. who's not going to be in prime shape come opening game, boy, you're, you're looking at a really rough start for this defense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. The thing is, you know, even missing the four games last year and where he wasn't playing well and he was clearly playing himself back into shape those first three or four games when he came back, which, oh, wait, look, that's half of the season and you're starting middle linebacker. You got nothing out of him for half the season. Right. Um, Anthony Hitchens, I will say, while he is not as physical and uh, doesn't have the range that Rol- Rolando McLean does – uh, you look at his best games are usually at middle linebacker or weak side linebacker where Sean Lee is. Uh, you know, he, they start him on the strong side because they go with McLean and Lee and they want their three best linebackers out there. But I would actually argue Hitchens' best spot is middle linebacker. And while he is not as physical uh, in the run game as Rolando McLean is, I think he's outstanding in coverage. He's almost always in place. Uh, He has the ability to make plays and and has shown that in in this defense. So I I think they're willing to grant Rolando McClain some latitude, but not a lot of latitude. And I think they feel that while there is a a physical drop-off to uh, Anthony Hitchens, as far as a performance drop-off, I I don't know that there's much of one at all. So I I think they feel they're a little bit insulated there. They're going, you know what, we're not paying Rolando McClain that much. Uh, for the for the level of talent he is,
0: how much are In they paying? Part, how much are they paying him? Oh, it's yeah. under.
2: I, I think it comes up. He's going to make uh, under five million dollars this year for a starting middle linebacker uh, with his ability. That's that's un- but he's underpaid because you can't trust him to be at practice. He's right. not setting example for the rest of the defense. He goes out there and he handles his job. Would you motivate
1: him if he was not underpaid? If he was. Accurately paid? Would money—are you saying would money bring him to OTA? Yeah.
2: No, because I think you saw that You know, when he came in with the Cowboys. Uh, he had a very good season, but even then, missing practice during the week uh, and popping up and playing in games and being outstanding after right. missing practice during the week. He had the chance to go out in free agency last year. No one was willing to pay him more than what the Cowboys did. And he was out there a long time. It's not like he wasn't looking. Uh, so— so I, I think the book on him in the NFL is pretty clear, and that's why he hasn't gotten the big money, and that's why he's playing for what he is. And and you know that's kind of the that's kind of the trade off he's made. It's like you know what I'm not going to get the money I'm paid, but you know when I don't want to do these practices, you don't you know uh, you you don't do draconian methods on me. I'm still in the loop, and I still have
1: a chance right. to play. And I can go home to Alabama and not involve myself in the yeah the O part of the team activities yes uh so uh, let's talk about guys who are actually out there um on the field and anything showing up on the defensive line at this point
2: i'm always very hesitant to say anything about defensive or offensive linemen and otas because they're not in pads uh, they just get in their stance, they get in their position, and David, run the let, me, play. let me just stop you right there. This yes, does please, not stop please, the people from
1: asking me about me. what is going to happen <laughs> with Prince Fielder two months from now. So
0: <laughs> I, I, the people need I to know. Can, can he play the defensive line?
1: Prince Fielder? He might. He's big enough, isn't he? Boy, again what with saying? the body shape. Could he, could he, could be, he could be a run stopper. Barry, once again, you're thinking outside the box. It's a it's a strange box that you're thinking outside of, but once again... Of course, he would take up all the salary cap. At, at, there uh, you go. David, back to you. Yes, Evan. <laughs> Has there been anything of significance to... what's? Uh, w- yeah. Look, the defensive line is an issue. I mean, you're going to be without <laughs> yes, two, issue. Yes. two guys to start the season. So, yes. to me, OTAs take on a well, little th- bit three more... three guys
2: now because um, Malik Collins, your third-round pick, broke a foot. Right. Now... I, I'm also hesitant to say they were counting on him early in the season for a guy who has never played a snap in the NFL.
1: But they were counting on him. But early. they were counting
2: on him early in the season because your two defensive ends were going to be out, and and they, if if Malik Collins would have been able to give them the pass rushing presence that they believe he can, you would have seen Tyrone Crawford move outside to one of those defensive end spots with greater regularity. It would have given them more versatility.
1: Collins would have slid into Crawford. Collins would have been that three
2: technique at defensive tackle. And, you know, I I think that initially, I think based on talent levels, they were looking at that as being uh, a better way to massage that position early than expecting Tapper, uh, the the defensive end from Oklahoma, to be able to step in and do something right away. Very hard for rookie defensive ends to step in and do anything right away. Uh, if you have the skill set at defensive tackle, a little bit easier just because of how the position is, is based right But now.
0: Randy Gregory was, was such a force in his uh, rookie season last year, wasn't he?
2: He was a force in training yeah. camp, and he was a force in the first three quarters so, of the so game. So then
0: why should we believe when he comes back he will be – a force after the four-game suspension. Very good point. Uh, I, but I would argue
2: with him, you saw enough of his ability in training camp and preseason last year, and I, I don't think you can minimize what a high ankle sprain, the impact that has on a rookie defensive end whose game is all about speed and is not power. Yeah, it it completely robs you of your explosiveness. Yeah. I mean, and he's all explosiveness because he's undersized. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I think, uh, and again, you know, I know we've gone through this before, and this is not to make excuses for Randy Gregory. He came into this league with a problem. That problem has manifested itself since he's been in the league with three more failed drug tests. This is all on him. But, But I do believe after such a good training camp and— start I mean if you remember that first uh the first three quarters that opener against the Giants he didn't get a sack but he had like three or four quarterback hurries he got mm-hmm. he got really close he impacted the game in fact when he went out with that ankle injury he was he was still leading the team in quarterback hurries like 4 weeks into the season and that's he hadn't sad. he had only played in three
0: quarters <laughs> that's sad
2: yeah and so um but but then to have that and then you come back so you lost a little bit now guys who aren't as good as you Uh, David Irving and these guys are ahead of you in the rotation, and they're earning their snaps, and you're not getting them. When you get out there, you don't do anything. I I think the level of frustration and depression with him uh, fed into what is already his issue. And I think anyone who will tell you, if anyone who has an addiction issue, and clearly I know some people say, well, you're talking about marijuana. Failing four tests for marijuana in a span of, of eight months is an addiction issue.
0: Especially when you know that they're testing you.
2: Yes, it's it's, it's an addiction issue. issue.
1: It's an issue. And
2: and there are are underlying causes to that issue. It's not that he's simply addicted to marijuana. There are other issues. And I think when you're expecting a lot of yourself in a rookie season, when you flash that early, then you're not able to play. Then you're kind of the forgotten person. Then people are going, hey, why aren't you doing anything? Uh, I I think his ability to cope and handle – uh w- were part of the reasons you, you have. Now you're going to see the suspension going
0: forward. I love the way you make eye contact when you talk to people. <laughs> you know, K- Kevin didn't do that. Kevin didn't? No. He, why are we talking about Kevin he as, lo- in the past tense? I thought Kevin looks down on people. <laughs> what? But why? Please. Kevin is still a very vital part of this podcast.
1: Okay. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: David, are you going to come are you going to come into our beautiful studio every, commit to coming into our beautiful studio every Monday morning? Yeah, if Kevin does it. Wow. Kevin will be
1: here tomorrow morning. I can tell. <laughs> he'll,
0: he'll, he'll, he'll be taking that No, uh, he's not. He's
1: going to enjoy New York and he's he, it's a it's a grand vacation for him. Well deserved, and too. And we'll be happy when he comes back after the suspension is over. <laughs> he'll have to talk his way back into shape. Are you going to be? Are you? Are you the commissioner? Are you going to judge whether he can come back or not? I'm very judgy, Barry. Judgmental. Judgmental. Uh, David. So is there anything? Listen, I mean, this is like <laughs> yeah, like know, pitching minicamp. I, I I go out there to to Arlington for pitching minicamp, and I'm like, okay, is everybody standing up? Yeah, all right, they're standing up. So is there an arm that's not attached? Okay, so that that's the most significant thing. What out of OTAs for you is significant? I tend to
2: look more toward the offensive side of the ball because it's just a little easier, uh, I think, to pick up on some things. Defensively, you know, in, in some of the drills, you can see is some of the corners. But again, it's not it's not the same thing because they're not running the patterns and it's not bump and run and it's not the different coverages. And so it's even hard to ascertain that as well. Uh, but, uh, But I would say, you know, offensively, just the fact Romo out there is a good sign. And again, I, and Romo will be the first to tell you and is that, you know, everyone's talking about how great he's throwing the ball. Uh, I think it's just the fact he's out there throwing the ball. Right. Because normally you haven't seen him out there throwing the ball this time of year. Right. Uh, this is only like the you know, one out of the last, you know, this is only second time in the last four seasons at this stage of the off season you see him
1: throwing the ball. And I don't think there's any, there, you know, throwing the ball without being Throwing the ball's or, not an issue. Yeah, is, yeah it's yeah. never yeah. been an issue. Yeah. Standing up after getting hit in the shoulder, something of an issue. The back.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, you, you can tell things. I mean, when it you – know, I mentioned this before, it's like uh, – with uh, Des Bryant a few years ago, it, it was just, and this sounds silly, but during drills, the ball sounds differently when he catches it than other players. There's just, you know, there's an aesthetic part to it that, that elite athletes have that doesn't translate on the TV screen or whatever, but when you're there and you hear it and all the senses, you're going. Wow, how how is that different? And, and how is it different? Like, Des had that. Ezekiel Elliott has that. When you watch him run the drill, when you uh, j- just the drills, the the very simple, dr- they they appear simple to him. Right. Other guys, uh, you notice they don't pick up their feet as much. They they hit the they hit the ropes more. Uh, they knock over uh, some things when they're going through. You don't see that with Ezekiel Elliott at kind all. Kind of sounds like Barry in a parking <laughs> lot. Hi, or Barry anywhere. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say something? No, I nothing. Um. So, so you notice that um, I, I, I will say you're, you're looking at the receivers now uh, and you can tell a little bit about them Bryce Butler is a guy who um, has some potential hasn't been able to show the consistency or necessarily the discipline to grow into a larger role than what he's had in Oakland and in, in the bit role he had last year with Dallas Um
1: he, he looks good uh, in, in the practices I've seen out there. But the, the chance that for him to grow into a bigger role is significant this year. I mean, Terrence Williams' season last year, I know that taking Dez out of the mix for, for six weeks certainly had an impact, but Terrence Williams' season was a disappointment, was it not?
2: No question, yeah. yes.
1: And uh, but I also say I think it just reinforced that he's not a lead receiver.
2: Uh, at his best, he is a good complementary receiver. Is he a good number 2? Yeah, I think he's a good number two. Now, can you find a better number two? Yes. And Terrence Williams is in the final year of his contract. And you look around this league. There are some number twos that are getting four-year deals for thirty-two million. I'm not sure that Terrence Williams has shown that he's valuable enough where you give him that money. So this is a big season for Terrence Williams. And when you're talking about you know Bryce Butler being able to grow into a bigger role. Uh, one, I think it would be he would be taking some of those secondary receptions away from Terrence Williams. But in doing that, okay, that means Cole Beasley isn't getting the ball. Now you're going to run a lot more than you did before. How much is Des Bryant going to give up You know, after sure. a lost season? How how often is he going to be out of the mix and you're going somewhere else? There will be opportunities there. But as far as a continuing opportunity for Bryce Butler or Terrence Williams to step up and be the the solid number 2 guy. I'm not sure if that's really going to merge with with the emphasis they'll have on the run game, with Des Bryant's return, and with how good Cole Beasley is as a slot receiver. I have
0: to bring this up, Evan. Oh, no. Evan, I want want you not to comment. There's another receiver we haven't talked about. Is this going to be the year of the Escobar?
1: He's not even listed on their depth chart. Do you, do, you, do you don't think he'll be on the team this year? Is that what you're saying? The
0: year of the Escobar? Well, he's coming off a major injury. <laughs> will he will he be able to play this year? He'll this be season? able to play. Will will or, he play? Was he, will, he was, able to uh, play uh, previously? Uh, was he able to play
1: previously? Will he be I'm able to dangerous.
0: duplicate his
2: eight receptions <laughs> that he's had in each of his first two seasons? <laughs> Maybe nine. I don't want to shortchange him. <laughs> wow. If... if Gavin Escobar did not emerge as at least an occasional option in last year's offense. In this year's offense, with the wealth you have at running back, with a healthy Des Bryant, with what Cole Beasley has shown he can do, Terrence Williams, Bryce you know, you're going to get more play-action 101 opportunities deep. That's where I think a Bryce Butler and Terrence Williams are going to come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to go long stretches where they don't see the ball, but if you're running the ball effectively, you're going to see 60-yard completions to each of these guys. Right. You're not going to see that with Gavin Escobar. So who is Gavin Escobar going to take receptions away from? Why do they keep Jason ar- Witten?
0: Why do they keep him around?
2: The idea of it? I mean, you have him under contract.
1: I mean, he's, he's a serviceable option. Well, could Swain not replace him on the depth chart before the end of this? Before the end of camp, could is Escobar's roster spot? And I cannot believe we've devoted forty-five seconds to Gavin Escobar. Is his roster spot in danger this 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 camp? I don't believe so because I, I think if he's not ready early, they'll That's put him, him on the physically. Because we're going to have to listen yeah, know, to Barry for another year on this.
2: Well, now I think it's not out of the question they put him on the physically unable, unable to perform list, or like I'm on the unable to talk list at the moment. Um, but uh, – and I think that's – I would probably expect to see that with, with Escobar because I think they'll have some healthier options out there and they'll just – they won't rush him back. But again, but then you start the season and you your offense is running and
1: ha- how's he going to fit his way in? I, right. I just don't see it. Uh, well, let's talk about another player who won't play this year, David. <laughs> um, and, Barry, you did a very nice long story on Jalen Smith uh, I believe it ran in the paper yesterday. You need to read the paper more often. It did run in the paper okay. yesterday. Um, and w- so what was your takeaway from the investigation that you did into who Jalen Smith is? Your deep dive into Jalen well, Smith. Well, I don't, you know, he is the antithesis, like that
0: word, antithesis, the opposite of...
1: Thank you for translating that. <laughs> <my> of, <laughs> of,
0: of, ...of a lot of the cowboy. He, he is the, a, per, a perfect gentleman... Uh, everybody loves him. He's never been a problem in high school or college. He comes with no red flags, no except about his name. Well, 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 well I'm talking. T- <laughs> t- which makes me think. Which makes me think. And David gave David, David could talk a little bit to this too. He was a character pick. They he, he they know that if and it's a hu- it's an if if he comes back, he will be a player. Uh, that will never give them a moment's problem. Never gave anybody a moment's problem in high school. Never gave anybody a moment's uh, problem at Notre Dame. Uh, a, a, a tremendous, great attitude guy. Uh, unfortunately, he has the issue with his knee, which I, I don't know if if you anybody has seen the, 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 the play where he gets hurt. Kind of looked like a cheap shot to me. He was away from the ball, the play was over, and then he gets hit. But and I've never heard anybody complain about it either. He's right. he's, he's never complained about. It. Um, so, you know, he's a great risk. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Cooper uh, talked before the draft about him and about uh, about the injury, and and he was very generous to Jalen, and I think that was a, he was doing a favor to Jalen. Uh, uh, you know, to get teams uh, maybe enthusiastic about him. But you know, he had conversations with the Cowboys, yet with his employers. Sure. And they drafted potential employers and other clubs. Were yeah, calling too. yeah. And, and but he had he definitely had conversations with the Cowboys. The, the, nobody knew more about Jalen's uh, medical situation. medical situation, thank you, than than the Cowboys, and they picked him. So um, I, I, I think that I, I and now things have been uh, worsened with with uh, Malik Collins being out, so they don't have a second pick and a third pick at the start of the season. Um, but but I think and and then of course it's 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 against everything said. The Cowboys have to win now because we don't know Romo's uh, window of opportunity. He won't be there to help them this year. So I'm very confused about the pick. In that, how he will help the Cowboys, not in his uh, uh, the the person, Jalen Smith. All right, well, thank you. Barry. Well, I'd like to hear David. <laughs> I'd like to hear David's. I'd like to hear David's response to this. David knew the story was in the paper yesterday. I did. did. <laughs> No, I knew. I saw it.
2: I read it. Good story. Okay. So, what, what, what do you think? Well, I think that certainly the character—they they love the guy's character. I, I I will argue for quite a long time. The Cowboys have been too cavalier with their second round picks, and that they have chosen their second round pick to take big risks. And I think they feel that you know what. We're going to take a player here. Randy Gregory
1: being the second-round pick last year. Which was Gregory
2: last year. Sean Lee was the second-round pick. You knew his you know, his injury history, the knee, but this was a first-round talent in their mind who was you, there in the second. They're
1: looking for huge, huge upside on yes. guys. Yes. And they're disregarding a lot of whatever the red flags are. In Smith's case, the knee. Gregory's, Gregory's case, case, something case, different. Drugs.
2: Gavin Escobar was the second-round pick. Uh, I knew I'll get her out to that again. Now again, it's all uh, – really – I would argue, look, they gave up their second round pick to move up to take Mo Mo Claiborne. They gave it up. So they view, it's very clear to me, they view their second round pick as a home run pick. Yeah. And they're always swinging for the fences, if I may mix and sports metaphors here.
1: And, and that's what happens. And some years you hit, and some years you don't. It's just a hit. Who's that is hit? weird for my perspective. That's weird because I, I view the MLB draft, even though it's a completely different structure and and it's a much longer draft. And you know, you're looking at guys three and four years down the road. You look at the Rangers' history of second round picks, and it's the same kind of philosophy. Okay, first round, we got to get somebody who's going to mm-hmm. contribute at the at the at the major league or NFL level. Got to get a contributor. Maybe it's a little bit safer of a pick, but it's got to be a guy who's going to contribute. Second round, we're going to go and imagine all the possibilities. And sometimes you hit on those. A lot of times you don't. And I, it just is weird to me because it, it seems like it's such a divergent um, philosophy from where you are in the first round to where you go in the second round. So well, I, like, I
2: understand that philosophy if you're going to move it down. Right. You know, if you want to move it into the I would say the fourth round, but but third round, because you start getting fragmented right. and guys. I mean, I, I could. Yeah, third, you can make an argument for, but they consistently do it in the second round, and they leave a lot of really talented, solid, uh, very few issue players physically off the field but on you, the board.
0: You, you mentioned the Cowboys like to gamble on the second. Who they hit on on the second? Are you going to say Sean Lee was a hit? Sean Lee's a hit, but what but, he's healthy? but, then, yeah. but yeah. look at the number of games missed. Right. right. So. Yeah, and that
2: qualifies as a hit in recent history. Uh, Bruce Carter was another. You got one good season out of Bruce Carter, and then you weren't willing to re-sign him. Then he signs a big deal in Tampa Bay, and then they let him go.
1: I can't think of – I, I in, and we'll get into draft and stuff with, with Rangers coming up in just a second, but I can't think of – I cannot think of the last time the Rangers had Wait, a second-round pick that actually reached the, the major leagues and contributed. So it, it is just a weird – I think both these teams, despite the difference in sports, they look at it as okay. We can clearly they do We've got yeah. somebody in the fold. Now we can co So, do so you right.
0: want to talk about Jay Crowder now about, about successful Mavericks second round picks? No, very well. What we well, well, successful d- elsewhere. Successful elsewhere <laughs> is we're correct. Just,
1: we're talking philosophy here, and I think the philosophy, even though the sports are different, I think the philosophy remains the same for both these clubs.
2: And Mavericks don't care about the draft whatsoever. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm that's serious. They don't. Point. No, they have not. I and mean, this position they've been in. They, All right, they invite, well, but yeah, this is a, uh look at yeah, Evans. looking again. I've, the Cowboys I've, the same way they they go, you know what? That's why a lot of people are going Ezekiel Elliott. The last thing you need is running back. Well, I guarantee you there's not going to be a more productive rookie in year 1 than, than Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott.
1: Elliott. And he he, he he he's a good pick. I just don't know if yes. he I don't know if their whole draft philosophy and where they are as a team that it was the most functional first round pick. But, but it was the
2: safest, smartest And in some ways, sexiest pick they could
1: could take.
2: All right, we
0: have
1: got to Barry, do you have anything
2: to add? No, I know. No, because (laughs) I
0: know Evan is going to sign us off because we've got to go because we've got to do another podcast. And tell us who who was on our other podcast that we're going to call right now. Well,
1: I've got a very anxious Rangers Hall of Famer texting me about, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so So that'll be who? It's going to be Michael Young, and uh, I'm going to call him right now. Okay, okay so, so, so let's say goodbye for this podcast. Thank thank the stand-in, right, David Moore. Listen, thanks to our producer, Brian Ellidge, Thanks to Barry Horn. Thanks to David Moore, our newest member of the podcast. Are you going to thank Kevin <laughs> Sherrington for not being here? And I want to thank Kevin Sherrington for all his years of service. And uh, I hope he enjoyed that retirement trip to New York. And don't forget, let, let's throw one thing in. We're also going to do a Big 12
0: Baylor podcast today with, with Chuck, Chuck Carlton. Harlan. We'll see you all later. Bye.